a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards, and we are going to be talking about some infringements today. Unfortunately, Massachusetts House Democrats passing H-4135. I think that's the last bill number they assigned to the Lawful Citizens Imprisonment Act. It went through uh, multiple bill numbers, only one public hearing, however, for the uh, gun control bill. But in the end, Democrats in the House uh, voting 120, well, the final vote, 120 to 38 in favor of these uh, new infringements on the right to keep and bear arms for Massachusetts gun owners. We're going to be talking about this in uh, just a second with Mike Harris. He's the Director of Public Policy for the Gun Owners Action League in Massachusetts. You know, there's... um, uh, not a lot of good news to report today, obviously, but uh, there is still some question about what the state Senate is going to do. Uh, remember, this was supposed to be, you know, several months ago, this joint initiative between the state Senate and the state House. But there were uh, some political infighting going on between the House and Senate leaders. Senate is working on its own gun control bill. We haven't seen it, by the way, so we don't know what uh, what it looks like. Is it going to largely mirror what was passed by the House, we're going to see some other provisions, more uh, gun-free zones and things of that nature. Again, we'll talk about it with Mike Harris from the Gun Owners Action League in just one second. Before we get to that, however, <clears throat> there is something else we got to talk about. Joe Biden's America, it is absolutely crushing us. You've got companies laying off tens of thousands of workers one after another. America's working two jobs just to get by. Inflation, pushing hardworking families to the brink. Just look at the price of lunch me next time you go to the grocery store. And a digital dollar could be coming down the pipeline to completely destroy our way of life. The truth is, you need a plan. You know it, and I know it. And that's why you should call Gold Co. So you can diversify your savings and investments with gold and silver before things get worse. They're a six-time Inc. 5000 winner, 2022 Company of the Year, thousands of five-star reviews, and they've helped people like you and me place over $1 billion in gold and silver. They're offering up to $10,000 in free silver wall supplies last. And if you call them today, qualified callers will get a free Ronald Reagan half-ounce silver coin. So don't wait. Call Gold Co. at 855-412-3806 today. That's 855-412-3806. And without any further ado, let's uh, get to our conversation with Mike Harris of the Gun Owners Action League about the uh, Lawful Citizens Imprisonment Act. And what happens next? Take a look and a listen. Mike, thanks so much for coming on the program. Sir. It's, a, it's really good to talk with you. And, and first yeah. of all, before we get started, thanks for everything you do uh, at the Gun Owners Action League. I mean, you must have one of the most difficult jobs in the country as public policy director uh, for Goal there in Massachusetts. And getting really strong calves walking up this hill. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, all right. So, I, 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 boy, I barely even know where to get started here. I mean, 120 to 38. I, yeah. I, I got to ask, Mike, why all of the sleight of hand? Why all the legislative trickery? Why pulling bills back and introducing new bill numbers and all this stuff when the Democrats voted overwhelmingly for this uh, uh, egregious legislation, you know, when all was said well, and done? Well, apparently they found a time machine and wanted to try it out. And, uh, you know, so they what they did was they they kind of took a supplemental bond bill that had already kind of gone through most of the process, stuck this language in it, pretended it had always been there, and then excised it and gave it its own bill number without having to go through the whole legislative process on the House side. Because it's a it's a it's the bond bills a money bill and those all have to start in the House. Yeah. So this they're the only brand. They're the only House 
or chamber that could have done this. The Senate couldn't have done this. So, yeah, I mean, you're, but to, to speak to your actual question, yeah, beats me. <laughs> I, mean, I, I think the speaker just wanted to get this done as fast as possible and was um, was a little butthurt over the uh, fact that we had the juice to push back on 4420 when it first came out. You know, I, I suspect that's I suspect that's it too, right? Well, we're not going to give him time to to gin up the opposition. Yeah. We're just going to ram it through as quickly as possible. We'll keep the caucus on board. Um, I I wonder. I mean, have you heard anything about? Uh, was there any need for arm twisting uh, to get uh, some Democrats on board here, or or were they truly okay with all of these new uh, prohibitions and, and regulations on legal gun owners? There were a couple of surprises on the list. I, I don't know how I feel about naming names of specific legislators, but there were a couple names in the list where we were like, what happened there? We're going to have to call and find out why they voted for this. Um, there's one in particular that that's really like bo- has been bothering me a lot. Even when I saw the light, the green light go on, I was like, what? How? But uh, we've heard a couple instances. There was uh, one rep, one Democratic rep that didn't vote at all because he was offended by the uh, the call he received from the speaker. He was he was going to vote for this anyways, and apparently got a phone call and said, "You know what? No thanks. I'm not even going to vote for anything. I'm not going to vote at all." So I, I don't know. There's there there were some surprises and some weird stuff that we heard had gone on in the background, but um, I. I'm more interested to see what happens with the Senate at this point, I guess. I'm I'm looking forward. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm glad that you brought up the Senate because, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, going back to the summer when 4420 was first introduced, um, the Senate leadership was very quick to say, hey, 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 we're working on our own bill. We don't need to pass this stuff, you know, right away. Uh, as long as we get something by the end of the year, we should take our time. Now, I, I don't know about you, Mike. Tell me if I'm wrong. I, I don't expect the Senate bill to be great news for gun owners either. Um, but there's, you know, there's some political infighting, right? So some intra-party back and forth yeah. between House and Senate leadership. Um, yep. So now that 4135 passes, the Senate is still working on their own bill, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, they're going to have to. <clears throat> so and they're going to have to conference tonight. I mean, the the odds that this language that we saw pass yesterday is going to be conferenced is close to zero in my opinion i don't think we're going to see this exact language end up being law um but you know like you just said i mean it's not going to be good news for us but there's this weird thing that always happens so you know Massachusetts is kind of it's a weird place i mean you know that um and whenever we have a republican governor the the wheels seem to be a little greasier um in the legislature and they seem to get things done but whenever there's a there's a democrat in the corner office and you would think that it would be like really easy for them to get stuff done there's this weird like credit claiming thing that that kind of goes on and and stuff kind of slows down it and it's 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 odd and we're we're starting to kind of see some of that happen with this bill i think okay this is kind of the first sign of like how this administration and this legislative leadership is going to handle each other with controversial stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's a long answer to say we're a weird place to live. (laughs) (laughs) Well, 
It, you know, it, it is a weird place to live. And, you know, yeah. I, I, I noted in my uh, story of bearing arms this morning, the Massachusetts is actually losing population. Yeah. Uh, you know, people are, for a while. More people are, are leaving than are moving in. Um, and, you know, I, I, I don't think that and I kind of was half serious when I said I think there are probably a lot of gun owners in the state who are looking at, you know, Zillow or Redfin today. Um, I, what is your message to those folks who say, God, it has just become too hostile? You know, we've seen gun companies leave. Uh, now it's time for the gun owners to uh, to pack up and uh, you know turn out the lights. What 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 what's your response should to to, to folks who just say, I'm ready to move to New Hampshire. You know, I'm ready to move to some other state. Maybe I'll move to Wyoming out west mm-hmm. where uh, I don't have to worry about this stuff. I mean, our message is, do we got to do at this point? I mean, we're we're. Uh, I mean, Jim's been saying all along that this bill is going to make it impossible to comply with the state's gun laws. So if you stay here, you might be taking a risk, might be risking your, your personal safety and your freedom. <laughs> um, you know, we, we it's, it's great to have enough people here to continue the fight and to stay in it. But, you know, as, as gun owners, I, I I've, I've, you know, we're, uh, we're an individualistic group and, um, you know, do we need to take care of yourself, but, love to have you stay and stay in the fight but it's it's uh it's tough to it is act. well and listen i mean yeah i was born in massachusetts i i would love in theory to be able to move back um yeah. but there's just no way that i could you know my, and, and i will say my advice to anybody who leaves and i i think i first heard this from scott bach from the association of New jersey rifle and pistol clubs years and years and years ago and he said look i don't blame you if you decide yeah. you know you got to go somewhere else but but if you can still contribute to those state right. organizations, help fight the gun, for the gun owners who are left behind, who can't leave yeah. because they've got family, they've got work obligations, they can't just pack up and move, mm-hmm. um, you know, stay involved in those organizations. And so I, that's what I would tell gun owners. I mean, if you're moving to New Hampshire, if you're you know interested in Virginia, stay involved with goal uh, because yeah. the fight is going to continue. And, you know, I, I, like you said, man, I don't blame gun owners for for leaving either. If no. they have the opportunity. Um but we still have to fight these fights, right? We Absolutely. still have to push back against these bills. We still have to sue when these bad bills become bad laws. Yeah, uh, and that takes money. That takes members. That that takes a real grassroots army. Yeah, I mean, giving up voluntarily, giving up ground is still losing ground. So you know, I mean, this is it's. I was actually so. Do you know Toby Leary from Cape Gunworks? He's, yeah, he's great. So he was there with us all day yesterday, and we were we were we were talking about this and how how difficult it is to to look around and see this place that you know is where it's the the cradle of liberty. It's where all this stuff started. I mean, ten miles to to the the east of us is is Lexington and Concord. It's it's where I'm sitting right now. It's wild. Um, and, you know, the first shot was fired in response to the regulars coming to take the battery i mean it's it's just it's so strange how left of a turn this this state has taken and but we're we're just looking around and we're looking at this this beautiful area where we're in the the property that the state house was built on was owned by john hancock and we're down the street down the hill is where sam adams was buried you know one of the most outspoken uh revolutionaries at the time and we're just like where did the spirit go like this is this wonderful place where we live is just completely unrecognizable to, you know, freedom loving Americans. And it's, it's just a, it's, it's heartbreaking 
but at the same time, it's it's still worth it to stay in the fight and and do this. That's why I'm still here. I'm going to teach my kids about it. I'm going to teach my kids how to shoot. I'm going to teach them about civics and history, and I'm going to teach them about what they tried to do to us yesterday and, you know, just kind of get it into their heads of how worth it it is to save this place. <laughs> Absolutely. And, yeah. you know, I mean, and you, you talk about the the history, you know, even before Lexington and Concord, I mean, going back to 1765 and the Stamp Act, you know, when, right. when Bostonia said, nah, forget this, you saw that series of, uh, you know, antagonistic moves uh, on the part of the British government. Uh, at one point, right. um, I think they called them the uh, oppressive acts, but uh, the, the colonists the called them the intolerable acts, acts right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that that's a pretty good description for age 4135, that this is yeah, intolerable. Absolutely. When you talk about how gun owners really are going to be in you know legal jeopardy if they try to exercise their Second Amendment rights, if, if this language were to become law, I realize this is an open-ended question, and this could last for hours if I ask you to go through everything that's wrong with the bill. But give me a couple of examples about why this bill is so dangerous to the exercise of a fundamental civil right. So number one for me is it's is the live fire mandates. I mean, so it's not that's not a dangerous one, but it's mm-hmm. it's one of those things where so in Massachusetts, we have this weird thing. We have no public ranges. We have, I think we have four uh, for profit ranges where you don't have to be a member to go shoot there. Okay. Um, four. The rest of the entire all, state. Four in the entire state. Yeah. And they're all in the, the Eastern part. Um, and the rest of them are all private clubs. So this live fire mandate for training, I don't know where, I don't know where you're going to do it. Who's going to pay for it? Where's it going to take place? And I want folks to understand because Massachusetts is a little weird about this. Super weird. Your license to carry is also your permit to own a gun, right? right? Yes. So so we're not talking about live fire training for concealed carry, which, again, I have issues with in terms of range access, too. Mm-hmm. This is live fire training before you can simply keep right. a, a handgun in your home, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so it's FID. It's for an FID. So an FID card is anything you can purchase. Long, it's a long gun permit, a non-large capacity long gun permit. Um and uh, then the LTC, the license to carry, is everything else. It's handguns, large capacity, and on up. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is this is for everything. This is to own, to just to possess, and and just have, not just to carry. So yeah, I mean, it, it's that stuff. Um, there's the uh, the sensitive places aspect of the bill. That's really weird. Where you'd have to have uh, expressed permission from a private property owner to have a firearm on their property. So say you're out hunting on public land where you're allowed to do so and you're licensed. If you cross through, if you have to cross through um, private property to get to another section, you're committing a felony while you're taking those eight steps through, you know, Joe Schmo's property that's adjacent to the land where you're hunting. It's that stuff. You know, the storage laws are really complicated now. Transportation laws. It's just it's just this weird morass of of like pitfalls. Yeah. No, that's it's actually a really strange. good way to, to 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 put it. I mean, every yeah. time you try to exercise your right, you're navigating this minefield of potential yeah. felonies, right? Yeah. And unless you, you know, if you veer off to the left or right just an inch or two, all of a sudden, boom, you've broken the law. 
Yeah. You could be looking at prison and, and the chilling effect that it has on the exercise uh, of our Second Amendment rights, I think, is exactly what you're talking about, whether it's the live Huge. fire mandates is going to prevent people from becoming gun owners in the first place, mm -hmm. or at least legal gun owners. Right. Yeah. Um, to, again, all of these regulations and restrictions that, that are enforced once you decide and once you're able right. to exercise your Second Amendment rights. It really is an untenable situation. And by the way, yeah. all of these are aimed at, at law-abiding gun owners, right? Law at legal gun, gun owners. owners, at the folks who want to uh, follow the law. They don't want to yeah. commit a felony. They don't want to commit a misdemeanor. I heard talk about, you know, they keep referencing this shooting in Holyoke where this pregnant woman was shot. Her unborn yeah. child was killed. And there's a, this is why we need this law. Well, at least one of these jackasses already has, I think, what, two open firearm cases. I don't know about yeah. the second suspect, but I, I'm, I'll, I'll eat this hat if he was a licensed gun owner. Right. And um, that's, that's the fight. I mean, that's, that's always the fight They're It's, they're blaming the wrong group of people for their, the situation that they're in. <laughs> yeah. Now, not that it mattered yesterday, but mm -hmm. it might matter as, as this bill and the, and this discussion moves over to the Senate. Massachusetts uh, Chiefs of Police Association had come mm -hmm. out unanimously in opposition to this bill. First time in history, they said so that uh, they've been unanimously thing. opposed, right? Yeah. Yep. So yesterday, the House Democrats say, oh, OK, well, you know what? We'll throw you a bone. Um, yeah, you're now exempt from from all of these, yeah. you know, uh, off duty carrier restrictions. You can carry. We will we'll, we'll exempt law enforcement from that. What happened there? Because uh, as you and I were talking uh, off air right before we started this interview, mm -hmm. Sounds like there were some claims that that the chiefs had been by yeah. Democrats that, OK, the chiefs are now on board. Is that the case? Yeah, where there were some rumors going around to different reps who were like, oh, I was going to vote against this because of the chiefs. But now I heard that they're on board with it. So now I'm going to vote for it. And we're like, oh, slow down. We didn't hear this. Let's let's clarify. So uh, one of our one of the reps, one of the Republican reps reached out to um the executive director over at MCOPA, Massachusetts Police, and said, uh, "Hey, we heard this rumor going around. Did, are your is your opposition wavering?" And he said, "No," and uh, emailed him a statement back, clarifying everything, saying, "Nope, we are still firmly opposed to this bill. Um, any rumors you've heard to the contrary are completely false. Somebody's lying to you." So that's uh, there was just so many like just slimy things yesterday that just it, the whole process just felt gross yeah and you know the and from the floor it was every five minutes one of them was claiming that there was racist dog whistles in our advocacy and you know we wanted kids to die and all this stuff it's like oh my god just stop it with the demonization we're, we're done with this just can we just have an, a conversation like adults it's just it's wild, yeah. you know, and then when they're speaking from the floor, it's it's impossible for us to, you know, come out in a timely fashion against that stuff. So that's it's on the record. It's wild. right. But, you know, it, 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 I I realize that Massachusetts Democrats don't like being compared to, uh, you know, Governor Wallace in Alabama. I get it. But you know what? We are talking about a fundamental civil right. Yeah, we are talking about attempts to criminalize that civil right. Mm -hmm. To punish people who would dare to exercise that right. And frankly, you know, I, I will say, um, <clears throat> and this just comes from, you know, 20 years of reporting on gun control issues. Mm -hmm. These unconstitutional gun laws impact every one of us. 
Absolutely. The harm will disproportionately fall on minorities in high crime neighborhoods who may not be carrying legally, but have no violent intent. They're carrying because they live in a high crime neighborhood and they want to be able to protect Mm -hmm. themselves. And the gun laws in Massachusetts make it impossible for them to do so lawfully. Yeah. Um, You know, all of these nonviolent possessory offenses, and we've seen this in state after state, those arrests, those convictions, those incarcerations uh, do fall disproportionately among minorities. So I don't think it is racist to point that out. I don't think it is racist to point out that we are talking about a civil rights fight here. Again, I understand why the Democrats want to turn around and, you know, try to smear gun owners, but it doesn't change the fact that what they are doing is going to put more people in prison. Absolutely. For something that is, frankly, in most states across the country, simply seen as exercising your constitutional right. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if you remember, I, if you had seen it, there, uh, uh, there's a rapper named Killer Mike. And mm-hmm. he did an interview on uh, on Bill Maher's show. And, you know, he's he's no right winger. Right. <laughs> he said, you know, the, but he's a he's a big two A advocate. And he said, you know, this stuff, these kind of this, these kinds of laws affect our community worse than first he said so that i mean you're absolutely right it's gonna it's absolutely going to affect the um those communities or you know put upon communities a lot faster and harder than it does us and i and i I, you know again i also get that for democrats they've been able to thread this needle right they don't want to talk about the contradiction between uh you know less policing and more gun control i I, there was a a town hall meeting i think in dorchester uh i wrote about this last week And I was really struck by that, where you had people saying, you know, I don't want more policing. We don't need more law enforcement here. We need more gun control. And I thought to myself, well, how do you think this works? I mean, if you don't want more arrests, if you don't want over policing, quote unquote, but you want more gun control, guess what you're going to (laughs) get? You know, Uh, and and I I don't know how we reach those Mm -hmm. Democrats and those liberals who seem to think that you can have less law enforcement and more gun control laws. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can have both of those things in theory, right? You got more laws on the yeah. books that don't get enforced, but what's the point of that? Uh, it, it, you know, again, it is, it is frustrating to look at this. And I live in a state that's at the moment anyway, yeah. fairly decent when it comes to recognizing our segment rights. I, I the, the frustration that you must feel on a daily basis um, in trying to, you know, educate, and I don't use this word as as an insult, but just educating the ignorant, educating non-gun owners yeah. who don't have to know about these things. They don't have to know the intricacies of Massachusetts gun laws. They're not gun owners. Of course not. Why would they? But they still, as as good citizens, need to understand the intended and unintended consequences of these policies right. that they're supporting. And even if even if you don't, if you're not currently exercising your Second Amendment rights or whatever other rights you have i mean if somebody takes them away it's not just taking them away from the people who are doing it at the time that means in the future if you want to go do it you can't yeah (laughs) it's it's from you too i mean it's it's and and actually speaking on what you just said i mean if you want less policing and more gun control who do you think is doing the controlling part of that right it's who's who are you hiring to do that (laughs) So I don't know. I, the you two have fairy, politicians I out there. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, it's just absolutely bizarre. Um, all right. So, uh, so what's the next step? What should gun owners in Massachusetts uh, be doing? Uh, you know, in addition to pulling out their hair in frustration, what, 
What uh, what what should we be contacting state senators now? Should we uh, yeah. you know, keep our powder dry? Is it is it time to start you know reaching out to the Senate? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, we're we've been advocating that from the beginning, just telling them to kind of put a bug in their ears and say, like, hey, this is happening on the House side. Like, you might not be paying attention as deeply as you should be, but they're they're coming for this. This is this is one of the speaker's top priorities. He's slamming this thing home. Whether, you know, it takes some, you know, procedural dirty trick or not, it's happening. So it's coming to you guys. Start paying attention to this. So, yeah, I mean, contact your senator. Let them know how you feel. That's that's it's huge. Yeah. All right. I mean, you know, it worked well, the first time through. Yeah, <laughs> it put, right. a, it put a delay on it. And, and you know, even though 4607 and 4135 are bad bills. There were some changes made in there that were done because of pressure from us. I mean, there's there's a grandfather clause in there now for assault style firearms. Oh, man, they, I, I love how they just keep changing the terminology on us. It's, it's great. <laughs> it's just uh, you know, five three little three card Monty, right? But, uh, yeah, it's wild. But um, yeah, I mean that's that's the that's the that's the next step. That's where we are. I mean, it's a it's about a quarter of the way through the process at this point. It's not law yet, but if we don't keep the pressure up, it will be before you know it. Yeah, and yeah. we'll talk about lawsuits uh, when 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 that time comes and if that time comes. But uh, yep, yeah, you're right. Gun owners need to stay in the fight, uh, even if you're looking and talking to a realtor yeah. today. As long as you're uh, you know living in Massachusetts, you are in this fight and you need to be engaged yeah. and involved. Uh, be like my, be like be like John Petrolino. He's he's that's out in, right. He's out in Jersey, but he still supports us. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, listen, man. I really appreciate uh, again yeah, everything right. that you do. Um, thank you so much for spending some time with me today. It was of course. a great chance to uh, to catch up. I wish the conversation, I wish the topic was uh, was better. But uh, you know, can't talk about the the Red Sox this year either. So I know. <laughs> just, uh, I know. Oh, the oh, the Patriots. All right. <laughs> I know. Well, listen, Mike, thank you again. And uh, I look forward to doing this again very soon, man. Yeah, me too. Thanks for having me, Kim. Appreciate yeah, it a absolutely. lot. Mike Harris with the Gun Owners Action League joins us here on Barry and Arms Cam and Company. Uh, thanks to Mike for joining us on the program. We, of course, are going to be staying on top of what's going on with uh, both H4135 in the House and the unnumbered, to date, uh, Senate gun control bill there in Massachusetts. Right now, let's turn our attention to today's Armed citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We'll start there with a case out of Chicago, courtesy of the website CWB Chicago, which reports a man on bail for attempted murder and carjacking, now accused of burglarizing two cars in Logan Square. Um, yeah, why was he out to begin with? Is the question. I mean, those are pretty serious charges he's facing. 25-year-old Orlando Masonette initially ordered detained for violating the conditions of his release in the attempted murder case, but a judge last week, according to CBB Chicago, decided to release him again. So she put him on an ankle monitor this time around. The attempted murder charge uh, comes from an incident that uh, took place in September of 2020. Illinois State Police said Mazinette struck another man's car. Two got into an altercation. Shots fired during the fight. Mazinette drove away with the victim's vehicle. Yeah, when the uh, victim, uh, thankfully, uh, did not suffer life-threatening injuries, uh, Masonette was also wounded in this encounter. He received a gunshot wound to the head. Uh, investigators located Masonette at a hospital, arrested him. He remained hospitalized even after prosecutors charged him. Grand jury uh, leveling 13 counts against him, including multiple counts of attempted murder, vehicular hijacking, gun violations. 
Uh, Mason Nett's defense attorney said, look, my client's suffering seizures almost every day after being shot. You got this pandemic going on. You, you know, who knows when he's going to get his day in court. You got to reduce his bail so he can get out. A uh, lawyer argued he had no violent crime convictions, was not getting adequate medical care in jail. And uh, if he caught COVID behind bars, his uh, weakened health would increase the chances of a, quote, negative outcome. Uh, according to CWB Chicago, somebody identified as a friend posted $75,000 for Masonette to get out of jail on April 7th, 2021. And he managed to keep himself out of trouble, I guess, for a little while. But uh, late last month, September 26th, Chicago police responded to a call of criminal damage. Witness reported that a group of masked men ran from the scene, pointed towards the guy who was later identified as Masonette. Cops stopped him for a conversation. Another man walked up while they were chatting with Masonette, told the officers that uh, he saw Masonette breaking into a car outside of his home, as well as another car a few houses down. Uh, Masonette was arrested and then charged with two counts of felony burglary for uh, intending to get into the vehicle steering columns. Uh, but again, Judge Barbara Dawkins decided that Masonette could be released on the burglary allegations. Uh, even though, again, he has not yet faced trial for the crimes that he's accused of back in 2020. Uh, she held him in custody, though, for violating pretrial release. But that decision was overturned by Judge Tiana Blakely, who decided instead last week to release him on electronic monitoring. CWB Chicago reports that Mason has to do back in court on November 3rd for the burglary case, December 18th, for the attempted murder allegations. Hopefully he shows up. I would say, you know, at least they know where he is, but no, they really don't because he could cut that angle monitor off and uh, they wouldn't be able to find him again until maybe you know arrested for yet another crime. Today's armed citizen story from uh, Houston, Texas, where a suspected car thief was shot by his uh, intended victim at an apartment complex overnight. Now, we don't have a lot of details here, but what we do know from the Harris County Sheriff's Office that a man at an apartment complex saw somebody trying to break into his car. It was about 10.30 uh, Wednesday evening. He drew his firearm, ran outside, trying to get the guy to stop, but the car thief had a gun of his own. And uh, we don't know who shot first, but uh, there was apparently an exchange of gunfire. The burglar ended up being hit, uh, was able to walk himself to a nearby liquor store where apparently he uh, contacted uh, authorities. An emergency took him, or an ambulance rather, took him to the hospital. Uh, last reported as stable, not apparently suffering any uh, life-threatening injuries. The uh, owner of the car wasn't hurt, questioned by police, but not detained or taken into custody. So it appears that uh, they are investigating this as a case of self-defense. We'll try to bring you more details as they become available. And finally today, our good deed of the day, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing, a family in uh, Oak Park, Michigan and Oakland County uh, in Detroit or in the Detroit area, saving their neighbors from a massive home fire. Uh, and uh, even though one of the uh, neighbors was injured in this uh, uh, life-saving effort, they say it was well worth it. Uh, fire broke out Wednesday morning about 1 a.m. Investigators still trying to figure out what caused the blaze. But uh, Albert Wilson, one of the uh, neighbors in question, Helped to save the residents inside. He said, I'm real hurt because I feel they're my family. They're losing everything. And they don't bother nobody. Uh, Leslie Wilson, Albert's wife, says, to see the home like this is going to be a different scene for me. Their sons actually ran across the street to get everyone out of the home. Albert said, my son was over there beating on the windows. Uh, one's beating out the window on the side saying he can see the old man in there. 
Uh, once fire department arrived, everybody able to make it out safe and sound. Albert says, my son ended up cutting his hand trying to grab at the man inside once he broke the window. But all three residents came out, he said. So we ended up getting him across the street, sat him down, gave him blankets, water, all that kind of stuff. Leslie Wilson says she's proud her boys knew what to do. She said if it wasn't for them being up and waking us up, we'd be telling a different story right now. She said we was going in there if somebody else was in there for sure. Uh, their son, who again cut himself while reaching through that broken glass to uh, haul out one of the residents inside, um, was treated for minor injuries, but uh, he is expected to be okay. Again, the uh, family is okay, although it looks like the home is a total loss. So, you know, their physical safety um, is secure, <clears throat> but hopefully the uh, community will rally around this family and uh, help them piece their life together again. Now, that is about all the time we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I do want to thank you for being a part of the program, as always. And I would encourage you to uh, check out BearingArms.com throughout the day. We're updating the website with all of the latest Second Amendment news and information from all across the nation and around the world. Uh, because, yeah, we do have some international news to cover these days. If you like what you see, I'd encourage you to become a VIP or VIP Gold member as well. All you have to do, go to BearingArms.com, slash subscribe, use the promo code GUNRIGHTS. And you can get a significant savings on your VIP or VIP membership. As our way of saying thanks for showing your support, we're going to give you exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. New stories and analysis that matter. Just like your support, so thank you again. We'll see you back here with another edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company on Monday. But uh, yeah, we'll be checking and updating the website uh, until then. So be sure to check out BearingArms.com. Have a great weekend, everybody. Look forward to talking to you soon. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free.